African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on uh, Channel Africa. You're listening to African Dialogue right now. Remember, we come to you every Monday to Thursday, 1100 hours Central African time. Thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushatama, once again on our program. Well, today we're looking at uh, South Africa's ruling party, the African National Congress, which seems to have a little bit of, it's not even a little problem, it's a big problem since they're struggling with really getting things accelerating and an alignment in terms of uh, its intrapolitics and everyone coming together in Cyril Ramaphosa's New Dawn era. As we've seen a lot of disgruntled members going to the courts very much against some of the decisions that are made in their own provinces. The latest is that the ANC in the Eastern Cape says it does not hold any grudges for four disgruntled members who took the party to court. This comes after the South Houghton High Court in Johannesburg dismissed the application for a a declaratory order on the Sbundebele report on the 8th Provincial ANC Conference. Uh, The four members from the province filed an application seeking the court to force the ANC's uh, NEC to implement recommendations of the report which uh, recommended a conference rerun within three months. Now we know this uh, chaotic uh, conference held in Eastern Cape has already Already elected Oscar uh, Mabuyane as the chairman, and this chaos comes after the ANC's KwaZulu Natal consultative conference was called off early this month as well, following disruptions which we saw take place before the conference when the party's national chairperson, Gwete Mantashe, was booed and prevented from addressing delegates. Well, to help us. Uh, try to figure out what's happening here. We've got Tapelo Tselapedi, who is a political analyst alongside Gary van Staden. Let me start with you, Tapelo, in terms of what is going on here. How do we make sense of the recent mess within these branches? Look, uh, obviously we, obviously the ANC is in a big mess, um, and, and part of all of this is a backlash to the, to the elective conference last year in December. Um, so obviously a lot of people who are deemed people who, you know, who, who are part of the state capture brigade are obviously fighting back in a sense as well. But I think this goes to, you know, uh, beyond the deeper issues around party discipline, um, issues around processes of the ANC when it concerns membership and that database and making sure that all of these things around membership are wrestled with before going to these conferences as well. Um, I suspect also that, you know, how things are anticipating their own own issues with with legalities. That's why they postponed the obviously regional conferences as well. So I think it's it's a big mess for the ANC. But these these are not things that the ANC ca- cannot solve because I think 
that are largely administrative, but also obviously they're presenting themselves as political. Um, but but I, I think these are things that, uh, that the ANC can, can be able to sum out. Now, look, that is where the, the issue is. Is it really administrative or are we really seeing the factionalism within branches actually deepen? Clearly, there is a power struggle here. And some people are alluding to the fact that the Zuma factor is still present. Look, like I said, it's, it's, it's there. If you look at the, the Eastern Cape, part of the debate there was around the issue of who's, who's supposed to be a delegate and who's not. And there were allegations that some people were not, you know, some people were not delegates, there was no holding of proper BGMs. And in some cases, there were no BGMs, but yet they, you know, that particular branch had a representative at the provincial conference. So for me, those are largely administrative problems. You can go again as well in KZN, Go again in in you know in, in Limpopo. Obviously, they did not win in Limpopo. But what's presented to the courts are largely administrative issues. But but yes, there are deeper issues concerning the sort of backlash that I was talking about, of 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 you know people saying. But actually, the ANC has been captured. You know, the, the sort of state capture narrative is, is, is turning back on those who are, are who were I guess in the previous term deemed to be people who are going to reverse the state capture. So it's quite interesting in terms of that. But I, again, part of the problems with the ANC is the issues of administratively looking at that database, making sure that that membership mm-hmm. is on par, and, and and particularly those who are going to BGMs. You don't want a person who's 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 going to a BGM, mm-hmm. but but not making sure that those who are supposed to to be going to to the elective conferences are legitimate members. I mean, you find instances mm-hmm. where a person has been a member of the ANC for four months, and then curiously a person is a branch secretary. Now, obviously, constitutionally, that cannot go, and that should not be the case. Mm. But that's happening widespread. If you look at again the investigations last year in Pumalanga, where the ANC had to had to deal with the issues of the FNP saga as well. So these yeah. are, I think, largely administrative issues that are presented as political. Gary, do you agree with Tapelo emphasizing that this is more of an administrative problem within the ANC than it is more to do with politics? Yeah, I certainly think that's a large part of it. Uh, And I think that certainly a lot of these issues can be resolved with good administration. Uh, I also agree, though, that uh, that what you're seeing as a backlash from uh, from, as a result of the the national conference last December, uh, where people who were benefiting from state capture were benefiting from patronage networks are fighting to retain those. And um, I think we're seeing a lot of that playing itself out as well. So. Um, overtly political? No, probably not. I think this is a mixture of uh, issues that could be resolved administratively and a mixture of, of people who are trying to cling to uh, the networks that were that they were benefiting from, you know, in the under the under the old administration before the December conference. I think we do have to go back to that conference and understand that uh, Mr. Ramaphosa's majority there was probably a, a, the most slim that we've seen for, you know, for decades. So, you know, there was no clear, there was no clear mandate there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, and Cyril Ramaphosa has had a difficult job uh, since then to, to kind of consolidate his power. And it's been ebbing and flowing. You know, he's mm-hmm. made some gains here, some losses there. And I think this is a struggle that's going to continue. But I tend to agree that, you know, if you had sound administration and you, you make sure that all the delegates are, are properly uh, mandated and that you know all of them, they all paid up members. You know, there's a lot of stuff that you can do to prevent 
uh, these court uh, applications and these uh, these other holdups that that, that uh, keep delaying um, what really should be um, a formalization of democratic processes where the people get to say what they want. Now let's contest that a little bit more because it's easy to say it administrative when you actually bring out that particular point, Gary, because there are many who claim that uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa didn't really have a great constituency within grassroots levels of the ANC, has the mess that we are seeing currently. Is that a fair claim? Yeah, no, I think, absolutely. I think that's, that's got quite a lot to do with what's going on. You know, when I said that... It, you know that uh, that a lot of these issues can be resolved at an administrative level. It is along the lines of the, a lot of the a lot of the cases that go to court is because the delegates are this or they're not fair or they're not this or they they they're not un they, You know, there's a whole lot of legal issues around it that really should be, be dealt with long before you actually get to a conference. But yeah, no, I agree. I think that Cyril Ramaphosa has got a fight on his hands because you know you know it's it's. Uh, it's all very well saying that uh, he's made some progress, and yes, he has. I think we've seen uh, the beginnings of a cleanup, but I think he's also beginning to understand just how deep this rot runs, uh, and that uh, how many people are involved, mm. and how many people have uh, a substantial uh, amount to lose if they don't maintain their position, or if they don't uh, 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 keep tabs, or, or they, they don't keep connected to the patronage networks that have been feeding them for the past decade. So, um, yes, I think that if um, the, so whoever had emerged in December had a, a much stronger mandate and a much clearer majority, then I think it would have been sure. a bit easier. But, um, you know, it, it, it is a struggle. But I think that, um, you know, given the ups and downs, I think that, uh, that um, President Ramaphosa is making some progress. But let's not mm-hmm. get carried away by, you know, that there are going to be any easy victories here because mm-hmm. they're not. Well, that's the voice of Gary from Start and joining us alongside Tapelo Silapedi. I'm going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to bring in Susan Poison, Professor Susan Poison as well, into this conversation and really maybe dwell on uh, Sir Ramaphosa's uh, uh, real uh, presence within uh, grassroots level. It's almost like a complete different picture to what we saw to the previous uh, president of the African National Congress, Jacob Zuma. We'll deal with those questions after this break. Hello. To celebrate African women's achievements, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy, listen to Humanity, Women in Unity an advocacy radio program against all forms of gender-based discrimination and violence against women. Humanity, Women in Unity, on Channel Africa every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Humanity, Women in Unity, with Dr. Amalea Gonez-Malka, every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday morning at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Channel Africa, celebrating African women's achievements. The voice of the African Renaissance, from an African perspective. 
Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa and thank you for joining us on our various platforms. Remember, we are on shortwave on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa, DSTV and the audio bouquet channel 802. And today we're zooming into what seems to be divisions within the African National Congress, uh, especially with what we're seeing unfold when it comes to the elective conferences that have been taking place in the last two months. But this seems to be a lot of polarization within uh, the, the provincial grassroots uh, branches so far. Let me bring in Professor Susan Boyson into uh, this particular conversation. What are your thoughts, uh, uh, Professor, especially the fact that now we've kind of pulled in um, the ANC's presence, Sir Ramaphosa and his uh, constituency. It seems like uh, it's almost like a different scene to the populists um, kind of approach uh, that uh, Jacob's Zuma had during his presidency, we're seeing two different uh, support structures here within the African National Congress. Yes, uh, good morning to you and to Gary. And I, I, I agree, firstly, with this earlier point that progress has been made. Sarah Rampos had a very tenuous marginal majority at Nazarick December last year, and since then, it's been gradual progress. It's progress made, especially at national-level structures, NEC and NWC of the ANC, where Ramaphosa seems to have consolidated his support base. And now that battle has shifted to the provincial front, where the, on the, at the provincial level, the different factions won, and the Ramaphosas, who has to be, that has to be very careful not to be accused that they are coaching the Zumas, and the Zumas who are really digging in in the provinces and hoping to retain power bases. And we have even heard in the last few weeks rumors, although I think it is there's not serious substance to those rumors, that they hope to get the Nazareth conference undone if they can get sufficient numbers, for example, of the Eastern Gate also excluded. So that that battle has shifted to the provinces. And indeed, there are no easy victories there. And some of these battles are very, very ugly. And they also threaten in many ways to unsettle the forward surge of the Ramaphosas to help show to try to show that there is, in fact, a new ANC emerging. It seems as if the Contra faction, the Zuma faction, seem just to want time to stand still in that past that was so good to them and have little regard for the ANC moving future, to, mm. to the future. But now then, as the last point to this argument, as we see the ANC election manifesto being launched and we see how the, the ANC really tries to create a forward momentum building into next year's election and where how they hope to um, reverse the legal actions into internal conciliation and unity, although I don't think that is going to count as much in the end as this forward surge perhaps created, fostered around the move towards the election. Let's stick with that particular argument because that could suppose that the old brass of the ANC are losing grip on the influence uh, in its, within its own party. What are your thoughts on that, Prof? The old guards, they are really they are losing power, but they still have 
substantial power at this point. So they cannot be disregarded from Ramaphosa and his grouping that tries to assert their dominance. I have to take cognizance of the old guard because they have also been given the task as Ramaphosa inter- interprets his mandate as keeping the ANC together. And that is a huge task given how destructive and obstructive mm. the old order can be. Let me move it to you, Tapelo. What are your thoughts there? Maybe those are the politics within the ANC of handing the baton to a different generation. Maybe that's what's at contestation here. Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a difficult one. I'm not sure, and I, I would not want to sort of hazard a guess as to whether it's an issue of contestation of the different sort of guards or different generations inside the ANC. I doubt, nevertheless, so. Um, I, I, I honestly think what's, what's happening again is just a, a backlash with regards to the, to the elective conference. But again, this leadership has, at least at the national level, has found some sort of unity. If you saw how they responded to the issue of the Eastern Cape and, and, and them recognizing the legitimacy of the TEC after that, the elective conference last year, mm. if you saw how they, they're dealing with the issue of the Northwest with, with Ndate Supra stepping down from, mm. from government and then going back to to chair the province as well. Um, so, so they're dealing with a number of situations, and I think at the, also at the provincial level, at, at the provincial leadership level as well, there seems to be a recognition of his leadership. So I, I guess the, the big issue it will be at the branch level, whether does Ramaphosa have sort of, and, and, and sort of his faction in, in a sense, do they have influence inside the, the ANC as opposed to in government? It's quite clear that he's got influence in government. I, I think the issue here in contestation is going to be inside the party. And obviously, next year we're going to see Northwest going to an elective conference in January, I think. So So it's going to be interesting as to whether, you know, Supra is going to be there or not. But largely, I don't think there's an issue of generational contestation happening. Um, I, I, I think as well, you have to remember that Sarodamapas also goes back again in the, in, in, the, in the ANC around the time of the 1980s and the early 1990s. This man was a secretary general at quite a young age as well, um, also in the 1990s. So, so he was still part of the old guard generation, at least, in terms of, at least in terms of association. So I don't think there's any contestation in that regard. What are your yeah. thoughts, uh, Gary? Well, I think, you know, I think we, we, we have been a, <clears throat> an extremely uh, complex situation here, and that might be part of it. But I tend to agree with Kavala. I don't see, I don't see that there's essentially here a, a contest, a, a generational contest. I think that it, it, it's um, it's more a factional thing. It's more a case of um, you know what what power does does Jacob Zuma still have? What influence does he still have? What support does he still have? that there are, you know, there are issues around, um, you know, contestation over terrain, you know, over who's uh, who's going to be in charge of this, who's going to be in charge of that, um, and um, I, I don't know, I'm also hesitant to say that I did, there's too much of a generational issue here, but certainly there's going to be, part of it is going to be there, mm. uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a case of this, these are the people who did this and did that during the struggle, uh, and how you, how, why are they now being rejected, etc., etc. But um, I don't think that that's a major issue. I think that there, there are other issues. I think it goes back to the conference. I think it goes back to arguments about what level of support Cyril Ramaphosa actually has at grassroots level and how he can consolidate that support. 
um, uh, um, and until until that happens, and he is making progress. I agree mm-hmm. with everyone. He's making he's making significant progress, but I'm not sure how long uh, how long this is going to take. And I think that every time comes one obstacle, there seems to be another two that appear. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's going to take it's going to take some time to 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 sort this out. Uh, and in the meantime, I think the ANC has to be very careful about about what uh, message and what signal it's sending it's sending outside, because you know you can't have you can't have what who was then still a sitting premier standing outside a court in Peter Maritzburg saying Zuma is my president. You know yeah. we you know yeah. that's not going to go. That that seriously sends mm-hmm. a, a message that says you have serious divisions within with within the party and and. Um, I think that those divisions are multifaceted, and I don't think that we can kind of say it's to do with this or to do with that. I think there's a number of issues that are involved here. Well, Professor Susan Boyson, let, let me come to you before I let you go personally. I want to ask you in terms of that Sir Ramaphosa factor, the fact that his approach is almost sanitized, almost clean cut, and he's almost kind of let's get business going. It's not as robust and as intimidating as we see uh, when we look at the approach that even uh, Jacob Zuma is showing post his presidency in the party. Do you think this could cost something um, for Ramaphosa? You know, it's interesting. Ramaphosa is actually he's very calculated, he's very strategic, and in that way is that it is possibly more robust than anything else. We had okay. when Zuma came into power, he had a great sense of populism and if we look back at when we talk now election campaign phase starting and Zuma's early phase just coming into power. He was so populist in his speech and it just got everything that is now that said to be new. Um, Ramaphosa has got the task to make sure he can show that he can actually do those radical new things, things that Zuma had been talking about for a decade through both these election campaigns of being in power. And now Rancosa would have to make good on that. And if he and his new ANC, then, okay, in the unity drive, manages to give that credibility to promises that are a dec- at least a decade old, if not closely two decades old, that would be the, the way in which he will also be able to persuade the younger, the new guard, they are not receiving the baton at this stage, but persuade them that this is actually an ANC that is doing things sufficiently different and sufficiently in line with those 1994, going back to that, expectations. And given that the new electorate, South Africa's 2018-19 electorate, is a much younger, on average, median population, voting population than it was two and a half decades ago. That is where Ramaphosa would be able to show a definitive mm. approach. But it's not it's not clear cut, it is not going mm. to be easy, also because there's so much cynicism as to what the ANC promises and what these big candidates promise and Lazuma the best that he promises, has been promising has been from the moment of exiting power. In the time before that, he really promised and did preciously little.
Well, thank you so much, Professor Susan Boyson, for giving us your time. And that takes us to 11.30 Central African time. Just to wrap it up, we're going to stay with Tapelo Tilaped, who's joining us, political analyst on the line, Garen von Staden, alongside him. And we'll just wrap it up on, you know, what is the cost here in terms of uh, the fact that we are leading to uh, national elections next year? It seems like uh, the ANC has to get its ducks in a row. Bubbling under is the tussle of power we know in Pumalanga where there is that uh, uh, jostling for position in terms of uh, uh, that post of former chairman David Mabuza's position. That still hasn't been decided on and there's a prediction that the Pumalanga's elective conference will only be in 2019. Is that a good strategy looking at uh, uh, the fact that just next year we'll be heading to the polls? I'm an actress, I'm a motivational speaker, born with albinism. Um, the nurse first asked my mother, is your husband white? My mother said, no, why are you asking me that question? When I grew up, there was no publication of person with albinism disappearing, mm. being stolen. You see, it was happening, but there was no exposure as it happening now. Hi, I'm Pule Mulebati, the presenter of the Albinism Report a program that demystifies myths and mysticism on albinism, highlighting challenges and achievements of people with albinism. Tune into the Albinism Report on the following times, Monday, 5 past 9 in the morning to quarter to 10 Central African time, and from 5 past 10 to quarter to 11 Central African time, Tuesday at 5 past 2 in the morning to quarter to 3 Central African time. The Albinism Report. An enlightened narrative with me, Pule Mulebati, on Channel Africa from an African perspective. Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. This is where you get the African perspective. It's 11.33 Central African time. We're just about to round off the discussion with uh, our guests on the line as we're trying to contextualize the situation of uh, the uh, factionalism that we're still seeing within uh, provincial branches within the African National Congress. And it seems like a lot is bubbling under in terms of uh, the ramifications of consequences of the uh, divisions that we're currently seeing in terms of looking forward into next year's elections. Let's talk a little bit about Mpumalanga, Gary. Uh, Still there, the conference is pending there. They're projecting that the latest that they can have elections is by uh, 2019. And already we have pending cases uh, contesting some of the decisions. Uh, We know that also another pending conference is in uh, uh, KwaZulu-Natal. so how does that affect the build-up to the campaigning to next year's elections for the African National Congress? Yeah, well, I think, I think that, that, that there is a, a challenge here. Uh, and I think that uh, that's, uh, President Ramaphosa is probably going to have to spend probably the best part of this year uh, dealing with ANC issues rather than national issues. And I know that yeah. uh, that was kind of semi-addressed in some statement. They said we're going to have these series of electoral meetings yeah. uh, where we touch with the base with the grassroots and where we talk about ANC but nas- and national issues. Um, I suspect that if, given the constraints and given the problems and given the, uh, the, the road ahead, 
I think that um, the ANC is going to spend a lot more time dealing with ANC issues for the next six months rather than dealing with national issues, uh, which is understandable. I mean, I, you know, that um, there's nothing that can be done if the ANC can't secure a majority in the election in 2019. You know, so that that is obviously a priority. They do not want to be in a situation that was the subject of some speculation a couple of months ago where they might have to form a coalition. I don't believe that that's going to be the case. Uh, but they do have their work cut out. And I think, if, you know, to secure the kind of majority of around 55% or so, uh, uh, even better if they could, um, they're going to have to do a lot of work uh, in shoring up, uniting ANC touching base with the grassroots. And I think issues like Mpumalanga having having consultative gatherings sort of so late is not going to help that situation. But I also think that um, they're probably going to, you know, there is enough, I agree that there's enough uh, united, um, there's enough of a, of a unity at the very top level of the ANC to actually drive this process. So, But I'm just saying that I think there's going to be a lot more time spent on ANC issues rather than national issues. That's unfortunate. What do you think about this micromanagement tapelo uh, uh, that is alluded to by Gary of seeing now the NC focusing on intra-politics instead of uh, dealing with the real national agenda of the country? Because that's where we're supposed to be going due to the challenges that we've seen in the recent past when it comes to national corruption within government, when we're seeing issues of state capture, when we have to sort out what's happening in our peristatals. Uh, there's a lot that needs to be dealt with in the country. And now the, the, the party is now has to look at its own internal uh, mess. Look, um, I think there's, there's, there's I, I agree with a lot of what Kerry has said as well. Um, I think there's the, the, the core at the national level is, is geared for elections. And I think many other political parties have now started preparing for, for, for elections next year. So I, I, I think that obviously has to, has to happen for a lot of them. Um, I think at the same time, the ANC has its pulse on, on the problems at, at ESCOM and the problems at SAA, and I think there's been interesting interventions in that regard, particularly also the proposals around obviously unbundling ESCOM as well. So, so I think that debate is, is, is carrying on. I think there's a lot of people also inside the ANC who are looking at different things. Um, so, for, for the obviously, the, the ANC has to look at, obviously, what's happening in the provinces, what's happening in the branches, specifically, obviously, with the regions as well. Um, and, and that, I again, I agree with Gary, that's going to take, or that's going to consume a, lo- a lot of our time. I mean, just recently, they the were in an elections workshop as well. So, I, I don't think sort of that focus on elective control on the, on the elections next year is, is taking away their focus from what they need to do inside government. I think that's already been taking place. We have also been seeing what the public works minister has been saying as well with, with regards to the perspective. There's, there's been investigations of, of SIU in terms of Northwest as well. There's been investigations. I, I remember over the issue of the Nelson Mandela you know, cases in the Eastern Cape as well. So I think the interventions, you know, the state is, is an institution, I, I think, that, that in a sense has to carry out the work with, without always being, you know, hovering over or having somebody obviously hovering over it. Um, we yeah. have seen, obviously, a turnaround on the issue of the NDPP, the, the, the public, um, the prosecutive arm of, 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 the, of the state. 
turn around on the issue of some of their cases as well. So that's been interesting since the elective conference last year for the ANC. But but I think this is a necessary necessary focus for them, given obviously the national national elections next year, but also given the troubles obviously within the party around rigging, um, and, and, and they need to settle all of those before the elections. Well, James, thank you for giving us your time. It's been very, very enlightening hearing some of your views. Uh, and thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. That's the voice of Tapelo Tilapedi, a political analyst, joining us uh, on the line. Another political analyst was Gary von Staden, also contributing his views uh, to this particular program. Thank you both for uh, giving us your assessments of the current situation. All right. No problem. Good stuff. Thank you. So. Fantastic. That takes us to almost 11.40 Central African time. Just a reminder, also, we had uh, Professor Susan Poisson who lent us her uh, viewpoints on uh, this particular issue. Remember, you can stay interacting with us on our social media at Channel Africa One. That is our Twitter handle. And also, we've got uh, a Twitter handle specific to the show at Channel Af- at African Dialogue. That's at African Dialogue. want to hear your views on that particular platform. Let's hear some music uh, as we try to really suss out what's happening in this situation and that will lead us to our business news and thereafter we'll get our sports. This is Jeff Malulek and this one is titled No Trust.